I love myself as a trans person. I can loudly claim and embrace myself as a trans person. And I will say this, I'm even comfortable with people describing me as queer because I understand that we live in a society where even if I don't feel it's queer, it's going to be seen as queer, right? But is it something that I personally identify with? No. Hey guys, it's Kat and it's time for another episode of True Tea. I wanted to thank you guys so much for joining me here for yet another episode of True Tea. Thank you so much for coming back and for enjoying the videos on YouTube and also the podcast for those of you guys who are listening. Thank you so much for the continuous support. It really means a lot to me. As usual, we will do a call-in show the following Wednesday and I'm so excited to have this conversation because I know that it's going to be a very interesting one. So as per usual, I would highly suggest you go to your kitchen and grab yourself something to drink. I'm still drinking San Pellegrino out of my vintage True Tea mug. This was the old branding. I think we've moved on since then. But anyway, (laughs) I'm going to take a sip of this and let's get right into this conversation. So (laughs) I'm going to be having a little bit of a spicy conversation in this video. And I know that this is a point of contention that a lot of people have. And this is technically a episode that I've done before, but I really wanted to do this so that we could have the call-in show and also update some of my feelings about this because I've kind of had some, I guess, experiences since the last time I made this video. So I figured that we would just continue on the conversation and open it up to the audience audience. (sighs) So queer, queer is a really funny (laughs) queer term for me. Queer is a term that I once identified with. You can still technically track down my old (laughs) YouTube channel that I made when I was 15 years old, where I described myself as queer. And when I was younger, I very strongly identified with the term, but I also identified with that term because of the situation that I was in. As a lot of you guys know, I grew up in a very conservative area. I was one of the only black kids and I was one of the only openly queer kids. That would change as years went on. There were one or two other people who came out, but for the longest time, I was one of the few black kids in a predominantly non-black area and I was out, okay? And especially by the time of my graduation, I was definitely very identified as genderqueer. I had done my cursory queer theory research and I felt that queer was a term that really resonated with me. And if you've heard me talk about my story, you've heard me sort of mention the experience I've had when I went away to college and I kind of had the realization that I had no responsibility to be the person who I said I was the day before. And I had to really do a lot of self reflection. And when I dug within myself, I realized that I didn't really identify as genderqueer, I was in this position where I was reaching for who I knew myself to be, a trans woman, and holding on to, I guess, the image that some people had associated with me. And for me, there was a part of me that felt a little disappointment in having this realization of myself as a very binary trans woman because I recognized it as not quite in line with a lot of the things that I 
researched and the things that inspired me and, you know, a lot of the, I guess, experiences that I thought that I would have when I was researching about queer people when I was younger. Now, I'm not sure where I'm going to be by the time this video goes live, but I've been working on a video essay series about queer films that I used to watch when I was younger. And I'm doing that series because I have an immense <laughs> degree of nostalgia. And I also wanted to return to some films that I know I watched when I was, you know, not supposed to be watching it and I wasn't quite out yet and I was learning about myself and I was trying to widen my reference point. And this is, I guess, a good way to start the conversation. I guess there's a part of me that associated a lot of struggle and overcoming when I did a lot of my early research into queer life, right? You guys have to understand, I grew up in the 90s and 2000s, and by that time, there had already been so many conversations about AIDS, and there was already a very distinct environment created because of that, right? If you were out and you were queer or gay or lesbian, whatever, you, in so many ways, had to overcome pretty severe struggles, right? And some of these struggles really did lead you to go through a path of essentially having to forge out your own specific, unique way of living, right? And this way of living was usually completely not really quite aligned with cis-heteronormativity. And so... I guess when I think of queer, I think of how I felt when I was a teenager, right? I was a young kid designated male at birth. I was <laughs> alternative in my own way back then as much as I could be growing up in a really conservative town. It's really funny. I, I, I had this experience not too long ago when, <laughs> where I went to my old hometown and it was so interesting being back there because... I've spoken a lot about it since then as this very conservative area, and trust me, it is. But I didn't really know how conservative it was. And there's something about being back in that environment when I'm in the state of life I'm in now, because, you know, like I went to a bar, I guess you could call it that. It was barely a bar. And, you know, I was dressed the way that I dress now. And I immediately felt the like social shaming, I guess. It's hard to really say. It's not quite shaming. It's more like, it's like, it's the same feeling you get when you walk into a party and you're not dressed for the occasion, right? Even though in most places in Los Angeles, dressing a certain way would be the norm. In this environment, it's not, <laughs> right? And even if I wasn't wearing anything crazy, you know, I was just dressed slightly nicer than most people and I was showing a little bit more leg, right? It's, one of those things that it just, you felt, you feel different, right? You feel off, you feel outside of the norm. And I guess for me, when I think of queer as a term, it's that really specific feeling. And when I think of people who claim queerness and embrace queerness, I often think of people who have embraced 
something outside of the norm. And for me, queer definitely had a very political meaning, right? I think something that is often not spoken about in a lot of these conversations is that queer as a term has definitely had pretty radical roots, or at least the reclamation of the, of the term queer has very radical roots because of course it's invested in uprooting heterosexism and cissexism and being something different, right? And I think for me, I just really associated queer as a term with this ongoing political thing where I'm constantly doing that. I'm constantly uprooting the norm. And part of my, I would say, disappointment with coming to terms with being a binary trans woman was kind of about the realization that I might not have exactly been that outside of the norm. Now, when I say that, <laughs> I know in so many ways I'm not normal, right? In quotations, right? When I think of myself, at least especially at this phase of my life, I have a hard time conceiving of myself as being normal, right? You know, I'm polyamorous, I'm goth, I am sex positive, I'm kink positive, and I'm very open about all of these things, which for a lot of people, is not normal. Also, I like having colorful hair. I kind of have a hard time imagining myself without having colorful hair, right? And I guess for me, when I think of the term queer and I think of what about me is queer or could be seen as queer, that's what I think about, right? But the problem that I have is that when I start thinking about my experiences and I start thinking about the reality of how I tend to fit into most situations and tend to fit into most of the world, I don't feel very queer. And that's something that has been kind of interesting for me to come to because I know that a lot of times when people who are LGBTQIA plus come out and say that they don't identify with queerness, it's often vested in this self-hatred, right? It's often you don't like yourself. You're trying to win over conservatives. You're trying to basically gain some type of... I'm not like the other girls kind of situation, right? And a lot of people who would deny their queerness, who would reject the queer label, are often rejecting it because they don't want to be associated with some of the negative aspects of what people would associate with the LGBTQIA plus community. And for me, I, it was really hard for me to kind of come to this really solid feeling of not identifying as queer or with the term queer at this point in my life because I had to question if that was part of it. And I'm going to be honest and say that I've definitely dealt with self-loathing throughout my life, right? Not anymore, but definitely at certain phases of my life, I've for sure dealt with self-loathing and this kind of feeling of not wanting to associate with those people over there. And, and I would say the biggest difference between myself now and then, <laughs> since I made that first video, the first time I talked about this, is that I've not only only now been more involved with queer people and queer spaces, but I've also done quite a bit of work in terms of fundraising and stuff towards LGBT causes. And I feel really, really, really fucking great about that. And I'm coming to the realization that straight spaces and quotations are very familiar to me. I'm comfortable in them. They are my normal. They are usually where I get along the best and fit in the best, frankly, right? 
But they're also spaces that tend to be rife with abuse. Spaces that are created to cater to cishet men. Spaces that are catered to flatter cishet men. Those are usually spaces where abuse happens. Not always, but quite often. Because the nature of heteronormativity and the nature of heterosexism is often the subjugation of women, is often men reinforcing themselves by that subjugation. And of course, in situations like that, you're going to see abuse, right? And so for me, it's, it's, I've had a hard time because I, I've had to do a lot of re-examinations of the spaces I was in and some of the people that I was around and some of the things that I did because I really had to ask myself about my own kind of discomfort, I would, I would say, with that stuff. And so I've, I've tried more so than before to find solace and comfort within queer spaces. I do a lot of promotion of queer events through the organization that I run out here in L.A., and that's really fucking important to me. And I feel through doing that, that kid in me that really, really enjoyed researching about queer shit, knowing queer people, connecting with queer stuff, right? But I don't, I still, and this is where I come back to, but I don't really feel very connected to it. And that's a really interesting thing for me to kind of come to, that, that realization of, I don't really feel very connected to it, or I usually don't feel like a lot of what people would describe as queer necessarily is reflective of my own personal life. I guess let's talk about it. So this is a topic that came up when I made a video on TikTok, which by the way, you should follow me on TikTok. I'm way more commonly on there than here, but I made a video on TikTok basically saying that I realized that my perspective on polyamorous relationships is very heterosexual. And for maybe some of my audience, that might not exactly be what they want, right? A lot of my audience is queer. They identify as queer. And a lot of those people do not have relationships with cishet men. Meanwhile, my situation is, even though I don't prefer cishet men, even though I prefer bi or pan-identified men, most of the people I end up dating are cishet men. Most of the people who end up expressing attraction to me are cishet men. Most of my successful relationships are with cishet men. And so realistically, especially just because of where I fit in terms of how I view relationships and things like that, I really am in a very specific kind of path and very specific kind of category that more closely aligns with cishet women's experiences than many experiences that you might describe as queer. And so a lot of what I have to say and a lot of my perspective really does come from that perspective. And I feel kind of bad feeling like people are turning to me as an expert on queer relationships because I'm not sure I can really say that. Most of my partners do not identify as queer. Not only do they not identify as queer, but they don't really find anything identifiable about about 
queer as a term within the term. They have no interest in participating in queer spaces or fostering community with queer people because that's not how they personally feel, right? I have some partners who are like that for sure, but most of them are not. And that obviously because of my own situations means that I'm often not in community with queer people, right? When I was in a relationship in Orange County, I (laughs) was very isolated in a very conservative, very heteronormative space. And that changed me as a person. Some of you guys who followed me for a really long time know that I would never dress like this back then, right? Like I just never would because it was so outside of the norm. And I'm so used to being in a situation where I'm attempting to be part of the norm and I'm reflecting the norm and I'm used to being associated with the norm. My path in life, as you've seen, if you followed me for a while, has been to embrace myself more. And that's why even when I've I've been having this conversation about, do I not identify as queer out of some sort of self-hate, I've had to come to the realization of that, no, I don't, because I love myself as a trans person. I can loudly claim and embrace myself as a trans person. And I will say this, I'm even comfortable with people describing me as queer because I understand that we live in a society where even if I don't feel it's queer, it's going to be seen as queer, right? But Is it something that I personally identify with? No. And especially now in my life, I have a very, 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 very hard time identifying with it. Again, for me, the shit that I would like examine about myself and say, oh, that's so queer. It's my hair. It's my makeup. It's my fashion. It's my BDSM. It's my polyamory. And I have a hard time (laughs) describing any of those things on their own as queer. Maybe that's a whole other conversation for another day. I know some of y'all really want me to talk about whether or not being polyamorous is queer. And (sighs) I obviously have some thoughts on that. So let me know if you guys want me to talk about that. But, you know, for me, when I look at that stuff that makes me feel queer, or at least queer in how I've come to, how I was understanding it when I identified as queer, it just doesn't resonate in any real way. And I think part of it to me that that also I struggle with is it feels like, this is the term that keeps coming in the back of my head when I think about this, it's not the right or most accurate term, it feels like stolen valor, (laughs) right? Like to me, there's a degree of guilt that I feel with the very idea of claiming the label of queer, because I guess I just, for me, I feel a bit like (sighs) that label for me carries so much weight and it carries such a specific thing. Or maybe it's not a specific thing. For, For a lot of people, queer is a very vague thing, but for me, it's very specific. And I think just because it doesn't have that or I don't feel that, it's really rough for me to identify with it. You know, like I have lived a life now for most of my life where people look at me, assume that I'm a cis woman, and by virtue of that, assume that I'm straight. And that is an assumption that I don't correct generally because it's still pretty much an accurate read of me, right? And when I listen to my friends who identify as queer speak about their struggles and speak about their own experiences and speak about their feelings about things, it's like I understand it because I've researched it and because I've looked into it and because I have a lot of empathy and understanding for queer folks, but it's not something that I personally identify with. It's not something that I personally 
feel connected to. It's more like I understand how you got here and I've researched and observed characters that are similar to this, but I don't really feel like it has anything to do with me. Now, as I've said many, 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 many times in this series, I'm not a person who thinks that my experiences are exactly like a cis woman's. I'm not a person who believes that trans women and cis women are completely the same with no differences or nuances, right? I think that there are definitely ways in which my life has been impacted in a very specific and unique way because I'm trans and not cis. And I definitely believe that cis women are definitely impacted in in a specific way because of their biology and because of their socialization and things like that. Um, that does make our experiences not exactly the same. As we've spoken about in passing, I do subscribe to the very femininity side of (laughs) dating conversations. And I get all this content and it resonates with me because it's the experiences that I have. So many other things don't really resonate with me in that way. And I know that they don't really resonate with me in that way because of just the way that I have factored into society. Even when I was younger, And maybe this is because of a conservative upbringing. People were more eager to put me into the category of woman than anything else, the category of girl than anything else. And so I have kind of, I would say, these kind of very severe, specific experiences that have made it so that I have a hard time shifting my perspective on things. Um, Like I said, If you want to call me queer, if you want to consider me queer, if you want to identify my experiences as queer, I'm not necessarily going to correct you on that. I'm not necessarily going to say no, da-da-da-da-da. But I will say that for me, it's not a term I use in private. Let's put it that way. It's not a term that I would ever hear used to describe me and feel good about. You know, I remember forever ago, I used to work for this website and they posted my my boyfriend and I as on their website as one of the cutest queer couples. And it was really bizarre for both of us because neither of us identified as queer. Neither of us felt that we were in a queer relationship. Both of us identified as heterosexual. Both of us were very comfortable with that. We didn't challenge it. My partner was very accepting of me being transgender, as are most of the partners I've ever had. And it just, you know what I mean? Like it's, we didn't, it, it didn't resonate with us because of just, I think, the very specific culture that we both have. And that's, that's something that's really interesting. That's a topic for another, another day. But I think because of my experiences and, and, and because of the way that I tend to view relationships and my gender and things like that, usually, as much as I would prefer to date a queer man, usually I end up resonating a lot more with the guy who identifies as straight because culturally we have a lot of very similar and very compatible ways of viewing relationship structures because that's just how both of us feel. It's how both of us grew to understand our relationship structures and our positions in relationships. And we're really comfortable with that. And that's partially why I would struggle to label myself as queer because of that comfort, because of the way that I don't feel like I am alienated by this, right? And I don't feel alienated by the world in general. I like, again, part of my disappointment with understanding that I was a binary trans woman was looking at the reality of the situation and recognizing, oh shit, no, I'm a binary trans woman. And then, you know, 17 years later, it's like, "Mm, I, I have not lived a life 
for a very, 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 very long time where my gender is questioned or my sexuality is questioned. The closest I get to my sexuality being questioned is poly people thinking that I'm bisexual. That is the closest. I have never had to fight for my relationships. I've never had to worry about someone mistreating me because of the way that um, they see our relationships. When I travel, I don't think of accommodations for my sexuality or gender. I just kind of live in the world and I live very comfortably in a way where people tend to assume correctly my gender. So it's kind of hard for me to identify myself as queer, but I can understand and accept that other people may identify me as queer. So I really am very curious how other people feel about this term because I think maybe my own perspective is very seated in what may be an outdated understanding of the term queer. And that's something that's fascinating to me too, because, you know, like there, when, I, when I talk about this, there's always the, the conversation of, you know, a bi person in a relationship that seems heterosexual to other people is still queer, but they may decide whether or not that relationship is or isn't queer, right? And, you know, to me, a bi person in a relationship that may seem straight is still a queer person because they are a, they identify as queer and then B are not actually straight, right? Like they're still bisexual. They're just in a relationship that people assume is straight. And sometimes where I get really messed up in this conversation is that when I talk about that, when I mention that sort of thing, it's hard for me not to see the essentialism that some people are trying to suggest when they insist on me taking the queer label. And what I mean by that is when we have the conversation about a bi person in a relationship with a, a person that makes them seem like they're heterosexual, we're, we're, we're talking about what it seems like, not what it actually is, right? And I guess the suggestion that my relationships are queer universally is that it may seem like a straight relationship, but it's not, Um, which is very bizarre because I know what happens in my relationships. I know how we feel. I know what our sexualities are, you know, and I grill people enough to know what the, the sexualities of the men that I date is. It's hard for me not to notice the weird essentialism thing where because of how I'm born to some people, regardless of how I feel, what my experience are, how I've been perceived, da, 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 I will always forever be queer because of how I was born. That for me doesn't necessarily feel like a very different argument than someone who would say that every relationship I'm in is a gay relationship because I was designated male at birth, right? To me, even though I know these are not the same argument, I kind of feel like they reach a very similar conclusion. And that's something that I have often struggled with. I mean, look, if you want to say that I'm queer, you want to say that I'm strange, you want to even misgender me a little bit, you know, if just for fun. That's something that doesn't necessarily bother me because I know who I am. And I also kind of find it funny to insist that I am something other than this. To me, that's kind of like funny and quirky. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's kind of silly, right? So I don't really care, but is it a term that I resonate with? Not particularly. And so it's just one of those really, really tricky things for me. So I'm very curious how you guys feel. I'm so curious about how you would define queer for yourself. So we're going to have a call in show about it. So please feel free to call in next Wednesday and give me your true tea. I can't wait to hear it. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.